So we start with a word, Parshas Tzav. Actually, I think Rav Shamshafel Hirsch says this, but I may be um, not doing it justice the way you understand it. But in the very beginning of the Parsha, it says in the Posuk, the very beginning, the Lova Shakoi Midoivad. The coin where is being doy bad is 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 big day kahuna. And he removes from the ashes of uh, the the leftovers on the mizbeach the somoy eitzel on mizbeach. So this was an avoida. This was the first avoida of the day, and it was or you can look at it as a hemshich of the avoida of yesterday. But he puts that down next to the Mizbeach. So um, the point over here is that what he's saying is we're starting today, but we're taking from what was left from yesterday's ashes. And the message is that all of our avoida is nothing more than a continuation of what was done by the past generations. We're just, what we do today is no different than what our great great grandparents did many, many years ago. That's the avoida that we have, and that's how you start each day in the Beis Amigdash. That what we're saying is today is a hemshech of yesterday, which was a hemshech of the day before. We're not mechadesh anything, we're just a mamshech in the avoida sakoidish of all the previous days. That's the avoida of, of Trumas Hadeshin. The next pasuk says, "Uposhet es begodov, belovash begodim acherim, oitzi es hadeshin el michutz lamachne el mokem tor." The next chelik of the avoda is hoitzos hadeshin. That means you take the ashes that are on the marocha and you remove them from the marocha to make the marocha totally clean, and therefore you have a new day. And this avoda is the pshat that we're starting fresh. Today is a new Haskhala. It's not in the same way a Hemshech of yesterday in the what I'm doing, but every person has to feel that I can be Mamshech in the Avoida with my Mahalach, my style, even though I'm being Mamshech, the, the Derech of my father and my grandfather, my great grandfather. But for me, there's a new Marach. I have to do it my way, with my personality, with the Kleichas HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me. So we remove everything from the past, and we say, okay, it starts with you. You are a new Haskola, and you have to do it with your Kleichas, with your initiative, with your personality. So, in other words, on one hand, we do the same thing. On the other hand, each person has to do it differently. I think I once mentioned this, but I can understand it better with this Misa that I heard from Rabbi Lopez Cordoza, who tells over the story that um, he used to teach in Eish Torah, or one of the uh, yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael, and the people tying it to him, why do we have to daven the same thing every day? Why can't we just make up our own tefillas? So we said, okay, tomorrow we're making up our own tefillas. And he said, davening took about three, four minutes, and nobody had, nobody had anything else to say. So he said, okay, now we're going back to the regular stuff. But he explained, he said, what's the pshat? He said, in the summer, once in Eretz Yisrael, his neighbor was practicing, his neighbor was a violinist, and was practicing a certain piece 
of uh, classical music. And uh, he's been, you know, the whole summer he's listening to this neighbor practice this piece because he's got his windows open and, you know, so he, by now he knows the piece by heart. And then he sees a sign that the Israeli Philharmonic is playing punkles this shtickle and it's being featured with the Yehudi Menuhin at the violin. So he tells his wife, I'm going because in case he makes any mistakes, I'll be able to correct him. <laughs> so he goes to the concert and he comes back and he goes to his neighbor. He says, um, I think you've been changing the notes of Shtekel because what I heard tonight was not what I've been hearing the whole song. So he says, Chasvashol, you don't change the notes of the master. But the way Yehudi Menuhin can express that those notes, I can't do that. I'm not him, right? And she so goes on to say he heard the same concert again from Isaac Stern, and also, he's, the point is that the, the notes nobody changes. Nobody changes the notes of the Torah. Nobody changes the notes of the Antik Nesek But we all play them with our own uh, different way of expressing it. You know, some people they daven like a violinist. Some people daven like a drummer. Some people let you know load a trombone or whatever it is. Everybody has their approach and their mahal. So the Truma Sadeshin is saying, we're not doing anything different, but you have to find your mahal of how you're going to do it. And so I, I think that that also stells to a shtickle to the Seder and that um, the Torah says, <coughs> to say the Torah addresses every person has a gisha. The Torah is concerned, how are you going to talk to the Chacham Rosh? Not just Chacham Rosh, the Torah wants to be able to address every person and find his access to the Torah HaKidosha. And so you start with and it's interesting that the Yashin says in the Haggadah that it says um, in the beginning of Haggadah that Maisa, Rabbi Lozer, Rabbi Lozer, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Tarfin, Rabbi Lozer ben Azai, Shem Yisubim ben Ebrak. So, he says, you know, what's the Haggadah telling us that these people stayed up and talked about Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. I mean, Lamaisa, every year is supposed to do that, and the Stomach, all the Tanoim and Amiroim did it throughout the Doris. What is the uniqueness that they did it? So Yasha says in Moed he says, the Torah is pointing out who are these people that talked about Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. First, Rabbi Lozer, Rabbi Lozer ben Horkinus. Lozer ben Horkinus, at the age of 28, had not learned the word of Torah. He went to Rabbi Yochan and Ben Zakkai who taught him how to bench. So you're talking about somebody who either had a very shvacha cup or whatever it was, but by 28 he had not yet learned anything. And he was crying. He wanted to learn until Elionovi told him to go to Rabbi Yochan Ben Zakkai. Then you have Rabbi Akiva who didn't start learning until he was 40. He became an Odom Godel. Then you had Rabbi Yeshua Ben Hanania who was so poor that the walls of his house were black from poverty and from his job as a blacksmith, and yet he became a great Tzachem He had Rabbi Loza ben Azari, who was only an 18-year-old kid, and he became the Nasi of Kalal Yisrael, despite the fact that he was younger than everybody else. And uh, Rabbi Tarfin, who was extremely wealthy, and he could have been busy with his assets all day long, and yet he became one of the greatest Tanoim. He says, the Torah is telling us, or God is telling us that it doesn't matter who you are, 
everybody can have a shaykhis, everybody can grow and become a great person, and everybody has to sit and talk about Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. So, I think that stells too to what we started to say, that um, each person has to have his mahalach, and uh, is a shaykh to become a great person. Now, I, I want to go off a little bit on a tangent, but uh, I guess the Lezer Shaykh is we'll come back to. But there's a kasha of Matis Solomon asks that he says that Lamaisa, we start off the Seder and we say, We end the Seder, we don't end it, but at the end of uh, we say, So he says, Lamaisa, we do this year after year after year. My father did it, my grandfather did it, my great-grandfather did it, and yet we're still in goals. And yet we vie such a tremendous gisha to wanting to come back to Eretz Yisrael, to wanting to have the ula, and yet, you know, and here we were still here. So Ramat says, what is the problem? The Chafetz Chaim talks about this. Chafetz Chaim says, what's the problem? He says, if, if they would get up and say, you know, we can have the base of English built, we just need money. And there'd be a couple of people come forward and say how much you need. And there'd be a few yidden who'd be able to put it all together overnight. It wouldn't be a major problem. If that's what it takes, you know, we could have a charity campaign that would, you know, uh, you know the, the, the paper would be coming down for hours and hours. Right? You know, it would be unbelievable. So, so what, what's the problem? He said, the problem is that the Chorpin was because of Sinas Chinam. And any doyer that the base maids is not built is a riot. We still have that problem. We're still living with a problem of Sinas Chinam. So, if that's the case, so the Seder, we betzach and we say, so there should be something in the Seder that addresses this problem. What, what are we going to do with the Sinas Chinam? How are we going to get out of this Golos if we still have sinas chinam, so he says, indeed there is. He says, where do you find it? He says, you find that we dip twice by the seder. Once we dip the karpas in the salt water, and then we dip the motor in the chalutzes. He says, what are these two dippings, marumas too? The first dipping is marumas to that which it says by yitalu esakisoynus batam. When they sold Yosef, they dipped his Xenus uh, passing in the blood of the Seirizim. And the second dipping is Keneged, the Agudas Ezoiv, that they dipped into the Saf and they put it on the Mezuzah Sabayis. And so he says, where is the Pshat? You want to be Mesakeng, the Chait of Mechiras Yosef, which is Rumumis in the first dipping. And you have to come to the Darga where we took an Agudas Ezoiv. Aguda was a bundle Ezoi was the hyssop, it's a small little plant. It represents modesty. And Aguda represents being together. If people would humble themselves and become unified, and then we would be able to bring Mashiach. That's the dipping, the Marirus. You can, you can take away the Marirus of the Murrah, the Marirus of Golas, with that idea of remembering that second dipping of the Agudas Ezoi in the Dam. And through that, through that united reaction of cloud Yisrael and, and that element of humility, we would be able to remove the problem. 
So he brings down that we find that Meshech Chachmas as a fascinating thing. On Yom Kippur, we, we, the end of the bracha, the bracha of the, the, the Yom, we say, Kiyata Solchan Yisrael, Umochalon L'Shifta Yisurin L'Choldor Vodor. He says, what are these two things? Ata Solchan L'Yisrael, Umochalon L'Shifta Yisurin. You never find such a lashon. So he says, the two Aveyers that we suffer from throughout history, there's the Aveyer of the Cheto Egel, and there's the Aveyer of Mechiris Yosef. He says, the Aveyer of the Cheto Egel is Ben-Odom L'Mokam. The Aveyer of Mechiris Yosef led to Sin Aschinen, which is Ben-Odom L'Chadeyer. He says, when we make the Broch at the end, we say, Ki Ata Solchon L'Yisrael, you forgive Kalal Yisrael, Mochlon L'Shiftei Yishurun, that's the chait that was started by the Shvotim, Shifta Yeshurun, Bechol Dor So each generation, HaKadosh Baruch can forgive us for those Averus. Obviously, you can be moichelot for the Averus on some level, but if we don't, not misakin it as a cloud, we're still going to be in Golas. So he brings down from Rabbi Chon Vasman, says a fascinating thing. He says, Kine Yadua Ki Klau Yisol Soivil Tomen Mishnei Dvar. There's two things we are, historically, we suffered from. There was such a thing as a blood libel. He says it's a plea. Generally speaking, if something is sheker and it has no morsel of emes, it doesn't last. There's not the slightest drop of emes in this blood libel. So Rehoboam was talking probably in the early 1900s, and he says still, you know, there was blood libel then in Russia at the time. So he says, There's probably for an Aveira that we did that we're being punished for. He says, If it wouldn't be that I don't feel myself worthy, It's connected the Aveira of Vayit Bokhtonis Badam. If I'm making a mistake, let Hashem forgive me. But the Aveira of the brothers dipping the Ketsoinus in, in the dam. So he says, this is, a, so this is what Matthias Yobel is referring to with the, with the uh, idea. So, um, so that's why also you find that um, we say there's a, the, the, there's a Pesach that says, Hispiyani lana. You satiated me with murder, and I suffered from wormwood, whatever. Very, and so um, the klal is that whenever the first day of Pesach comes out, that's when Tisha B'Av is going to be. So this year Pesach is first day is Thursday, Tisha B'Av is Friday, Thursday. Right? What's the pshat? So um, the Ramah says that one of the reasons why you have a beitza on the Seder plate is to measure the availus of the Chorban. What's the pshat? Also, Marum is that the day of Pesach <coughs> is going to be the same day as Tisha B'Av, which the message is, if you want not to have to celebrate Tisha B'Av, learn the lesson on Pesach of uh, the, the, the two Tibulim and uh, the fact that these two days come out the same way, and uh, then you have an Eitzah. So, uh, so the question is, what can you do about it? Right? How do you take away <coughs> this problem 
of sinus chinam. How can we come to the Seder to be misak in it? And there's a remez in it, but what is there uh, on Pesach that can help us be misak in this problem? So I think that perhaps basically the aside of, of the Seder, the aside of Pesach is to develop our emun in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the emun of Hashkoch HaProtis. There's a famous Ramban, everybody probably knows it by heart, but um, Ramban says that he says, I'm going to tell you a klal in many mitzvahs. <coughs> he goes on to say, from the beginning of creation, there were people who denied the existence of the Rabbi Nishloid, and then there were those who said HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists, but he, he's not really involved. He knows what's going on, but he doesn't care. Or those who say he doesn't know what's going on, those who say he knows what's going on, but he doesn't involve himself. So he said that the Rebbeim showed by Yitzias Mitzrayim all of that to be sheker. Is when some being comes and intervenes with what's going on in the world, and he shows that he can do miracles and he cares for what's going on, and he takes a nation out of slavery and he talks to a leader. He shows us that Hashem is in control, that He created the world, that He cares about what's going on, He's aware of what's going on, and He interacts with what's going on, and He communicates with people in the world. So you learn all the Yisoydois of Amun and HaKadosh Baruch from Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. And He goes on to say that's why we have so many mitzvahs that are connected to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, because the Rebbe is not going to do miracles in every generation. So what He does is He... He, he taught us Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and he gives us mitzvahs throughout the year Zeichel Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and every day when Mask Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim when we, when, we, uh, when we say Kriyashma and you think about Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim because it's in your tefillin and the Shalyad and the Shalroish and it's on the mezuzah when you walk into your house and we have many mitzvahs every Shabbos is Zeichel Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim our whole lives are centered around Zeichel Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and the purpose is that we should come to know that um, the Rebbein Shalom feared developed and he controls everything. And so when you come to the darga of, of feeling that you're going out of Mitzrayim, and you're the kind to say the kid, the boy, and you feel you, like you're going out of Mitzrayim. We spoke about the other night, how it's Mesugal in the night itself, and the Mitzvah's Halayla, to have that Hargosha. So when you come to that emuna, darga of emuna, it's L'chayra a lot easier to deal perhaps with sinas because what is the pshat in sinas I, I, I resent another person, whether I resent him because uh, he has something I don't have, or whether we got into an argument with each other and I can't get over it. But if a person learns to feel that it's, a, it's all the rebbeim it's not it's not him, it's it's the rebbeim wants it this way. And that's the way you have to look at life. <coughs> somebody ba'abled me. Somebody, it was that, that's what Hashem wanted. And I look at it because it was the Ratzin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what it's all about. And then you have to, you have to take that and do something with it. Like there's a, I saw a mice brought down that there was a family that had a child that was very sick. They had to come. They, they spoke to Rabbi Fear, guided him to America, to a top surgeon in that field. They come to the hospital. And, you know, they, they paid a, a lot of money to get to America. They're borrowing money. They're owing money now. They come to America. They come to the hospital, day to surgery. And somebody comes out and says, there's a stickle problem over here. The scalpel that is used for this very delicate surgery is, is dented. We have to get another one from Germany. 
It'll take about a week and a half, and therefore we're going to have to push off the surgery. So the family is mamish, it's a brach, and they don't know what they're going to do. They have to stay in America now another week and a half, and it's going to cost them more money, and, and they've been waiting, and they prep their child, and it's a sakona. But they say, as I hope, the, that's what the Rebbeinu wanted. Else is good. If the Rebbeinu wanted it this way, you know, called over back one of the tav with There was an, an Italian family that was also waiting that surgery. They were not as accepting, and they went into the office of the doctor, and a mamish wreaked havoc, and they went crazy. And because they were so violent, the hospital had to do something. So they sent the person to Germany on the spot, and he came back with a scalpel the next day. Right? So they mamish, the, the hospital had to do something. So, okay, they finally go into the surgery the next day, and after the surgery, the, the, the doctor who they came to America to see this doctor, he tells them that he actually he didn't do the surgery, his assistant did the surgery. So they're very upset, you know, we came all the way because you were the top doctor, and, and it turns out that your assistant did the surgery, like, we didn't need this. But again, they didn't say anything. That's what they still wanted. Okay. Five years later, the, the machla comes back. And they go back to America. And um, they find out that now the top doctor in the field is the assistant of this guy who now is the chief doctor. And he comes in and they tell him the name, whatever the name was, uh, Schwartz or whatever. And uh, he says, uh, Schwartz, Schwartz, Jakob Schwartz, you were my first patient. You know something? <laughs> Out of uh, courtesy, I'm not charging for the surgery. I'll do the whole thing for free. I did the whole thing for free, and the kid was healed. And then, so, the Abishta had a had a idea that this is all going to happen. Had they fatainitzich and screamed and not been makabel, he wouldn't have gotten this. You know, he would have remembered they caused him a heartache, and it wouldn't have been so nice to them. But because they were makabel, didn't make an issue. So there was like to see more the Yeshuas. You know, so uh, sometimes you have to go against your nature. That's why somebody says. The matz is round, right? The world is round, right? The things just happen, right? So you have to break your, your, your teva and break the matz in half. You break your teva, you don't go with the flow. You have to be makir, and that's the way it is. So um, it, it, that's the idea. If a person can come to the darga, that um, the age to fear developed. Uh, he did this to me, he did that to me. It, it's all to the boy Mishalayim. They say, Right, the, the, the dog attacks a stick that hits him, and the people today—that's what they, you know. If somebody bavels you, you go, you come a, a soine mothers, right? That's not the point. That's an order of Yeshua. You can recover it that way, so you come to a madrega where you can, uh, you you can fatrog what other people do. You don't have to be all uh, fatainet. And uh, hopefully, the more we become aminim in Hakadosh Baruch when we listen all the Abishta, so in that vein we come to a, we come to a much higher madrig in Avodas Hashem. So uh, that's my machshava. Now I shared Agavurcha. I just turned a Meridik Maisa. This is not what I said, but I, I just think it's uh, a new film. Heard it from Why uh, White Jacobson tells over the story. Tell it in. in so he, he says that um, in 1962, the, Jer- the, the Israelis captured Adolf Eichmann. 
and um, they brought him to Eretz Yisrael. And there was a Yid who was in charge of watching him and who eventually was the one who hung him. And his name was Sholom Megara. He was a Yemenite Jew from a Yid. And his job was to watch him. Now, after they, they, the, the government did not release the name of the executioner because they figured the neo-Nazis would try to take revenge. So for 40 years, nobody knew who this guy was. After 40 years went by, they felt it was safe enough, and they released his name. So right away, the German media got in touch with him and said, we want to do an interview. He says, fine. So they said, we'll find a nice restaurant or a studio. He says, no. You want to do the interview, that's fine, but you're doing it in my Kailo. He's a seven-year-old kid. He lived in a, he learned in a Yemenite Kailo, 60, 70, not so young Avrechen. And, uh, you know, it's 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 took so like the What? Not the Pirkei Mamish, but it's a Lebedeca place. You know, despite <laughs> them, they're not screaming. So it's took So, okay, they come to the Kailo to do the interview. And, um, you know, he goes through what happened, like he said over that um, they had him taste all the food they gave to Eichmann. If he didn't die after tasting it for three minutes, they gave it to Eichmann. So he said to the guy in charge, he says, uh, I don't understand, I'm chopped liver, right? You know, I'm going to have to taste the stuff before he does. So he says, listen, you know, for you I have a replacement. I don't have replacement for Eichmann. i got to keep him alive. So... In any case, so they go to do the interview, and okay, very good. Then the last question they ask him, they, well, he asks you one last question. He says, yeah, he says, why did we have to do the interview here, in this place? You know, what the place looks like. You know, we could have gone to a beautiful restaurant. This place, this forum all over the place, and there's, you know, the coffee spilling all over the place. Well, this is where you want... He says, I'll tell you why. He says, I want, I knew that when the German media is going to say the interviewing the guy who killed Eichmann, there's going to be two million Germans watching this. And I wanted to send a message that you should know that we didn't just survive the Holocaust. We didn't just hang on and live. Everything you tried to destroy is alive and well. You burned millions of our books and you wanted to kill our rabbis. We are back. We're alive and we're well and we're learning Torah and we're living Torah and that's what we're all about. And you haven't destroyed anything. And I wanted to give that message. That was his son. And so um, this is he he tells Tzu that this is the Gemara in Sechus Avay Dezora that they took Chalim and Tradian to be killed. They wrapped him up in a safe Torah and they burnt him. And the Talmudim said, Rebbe, what do you see? He says, You can destroy the Gvil, but the Oisiyas are perfus biyavir. You can't destroy the Torah. The concept, the idea, who we are, you can't take away. We will continue to survive. We'll kill some people, but Kal Yisrael will never die. We will survive as a people. I think that's also what we say by the Seder, the Isha Omdala, the Seder. So, as I say, what is the Behi? Behi is the Torah. It wasn't just one nation wanted to wipe aside But because we have the Torah and we continue learning Torah and we have a Messiah, they'll never destroy Claudius.
That's the way to say it. We always say we give that over to our children to the irate drivers. That we, that's what we say. <coughs> yeah, that's how you, that's how you say that word. So, uh, some ask that you know in Behisha Omda, so you have we we lift up the kois and we sing it. So what do you sing? Maybe the last line. What do you What do you sing? What's the shot? He said. So um, somebody gives a marshal that you have this poor person. He lived uh, in a hut someplace outside of town. Mom is poor, like nothing. The house was a shack. You know, it was a like you know like a bunk and camp, like not a house. And one day, Yishver gives him a house. Yishver was no big veer, but he had a house. He gives it to him. They move into the house. Such a house. Uh, the house had leaks in the ceiling. The walls weren't good, so the wind blew through the walls. The floorboards were shaky because there were mice running on the floorboard. But it was, for, it was a house. It was a, not such a great house, but it was better than the shack. A couple of nights, they're, they're sleeping there. Suddenly, they hear somebody trying to break into the door. The guy runs to the door. He screams at the guy. He runs away. A few nights later, somebody else is trying to break in. Every few nights, he's got nothing trying to break into the house. He says to his wife, what's going on over here? You know, Bishlam, we had a beautiful house. I can understand there's something to steal. This is a shack. What do they want? There must be a treasure buried under the ground. And so, sure enough, you know, they picked up the floorboards and they found the treasure. He says, if every door they're trying to destroy us, we must have something so precious that that must be what, what, what the guy wants. What, what do they care for? I saw the small little speck on the map, right? Why don't you go after Venezuela or Brazil, right? What was Vilstaf and Eretz Yisrael? Vaistachais, there's something so chashev that if all the umish v'choldor v'dor, that means we have a treasure that's the greatest thing. That's what we say, v'hisha omelavisenu, right? Because the, the Torah we have is what's omelavisenu, and that's what the Goyim represent us for. Yet to show we should be zoicher. You may taste from your with and rend the flies, which be zoicher to overcome sin as and become the Amadev from Yet to